think some of this might go. Be one of us. What's up you creepy fucks, it's your boy BP and welcome to the newest episode of the Let's Talk Horror channel podcast. Thank you so much if you are listening to it. Don't just stop now, um, you know, get over how I sound. Yeah, I, I, this is how I sound. I'm like a cross between David Beckham and Jason Statham, get over it. But here we are, follow me on this journey through horror through my voice, audio, transcripted, <laughs> and just just go with it. And 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 this episode is super duper, fucking really super duper special because it's a first for the Let's Talk Horror Channel. So let's get into it. So on this episode, we'll be talking about one of the raddest, the baddest, the coolest, and the funnest. I'm pretty sure funnest is a word, but either way, um, this is a film that wants you to have nothing but a good time with people that are strange, with a buff to fuck saxophone dude, sweet hairdos, and it's become one of the biggest influences a film has had on culture and most definitely style, and not to mention another 80s classic with Corey Feldman. As you've guessed by now, this episode is going to be all about The Lost Boys. And when I say we are going to talk about it, this is the first time on the Let's Talk Horror podcast that we're actually, I actually mean we, um, because we have our first guest ever um, on, on one of our podcasts. Um, and then I would like to introduce uh, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello. Hello. Thank Happy you to for, be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for for joining our first, uh, being our first ever guest. Um, so now you're being, all... joining you and being one of you. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for one of us, being one of us. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Chris is the creator of um, Dead Meat Pete, uh, which is like my favorite thing. And I've just listened to the fourth, set, fourth episode and it's amazing. Um, it's just so immersive and everything. Um, but Dead Meat Pete, we are, you know, it is amazing. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later, as long as that's OK with you. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Let's get into the Lost Boys. That's it. That's it. We get into that and then we can talk more about um, your amazing audio uh, story that's out there so um lost boys it was released on the 31st of july in 1987 uh, it's got an imdb score of 7.3 um and it has a rotten tomato score of 77 percent um which you know for me uh and i'm sure you agree is way too low um, yeah that is definitely like rotten tomatoes is like that especially like older stuff especially horror you can't yeah. trust it no, it's not accurate. No, absolutely. It's you know this this is like a like a top draw film. Uh, to so to whack it down with seventy seven percent, which I'm sure I'm sure there's like some fast and furious films that have probably got like seventy seven percent. It it doesn't work out. Or better, sometimes there's yeah. just garbage that comes out that it's just like I don't know. There's some social reason I guess that it's like it's way overrated. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I know. Saying Lost Boys is not seventy seven percent. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, as usual, we started on, on the podcast. We've got um, the synopsis from from Google, uh, which I always enjoy um, because they're shit. Because they don't really tell you what the films really. Well, they do, but you know, just very basic. 
Um, so Lucy, along with her two sons, Michael and Sam, they moved to a small town in California. Soon, the two boys are sucked into the mysterious and dangerous world of bikers, vampires and vampire hunters. And that is what you get. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's set- true. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's true. Um, but it doesn't really like, you know, sell the film to what it is. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really say this is probably one of the most fun horrors you ever watch. And, uh, you know, it's impacted culture as we know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not much of a hook in that. And I think that <laughs> it's like, that's something that, you know, like log lines or I don't know if they used to matter less or what, but I don't know, big, like big studio movies will come out now and they don't, the log line won't be that interesting. Cause it's like, they don't need to worry about it. You know, yeah. like I'm a nobody filmmaker. And if I don't have a good log line, I don't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, but that's basically what I'm going to do now. So on the podcast, as we do, um, we give you a little bit more detail into what happens in the film. Um, so, as usual, here's my series of the events that take place in this absolute 80s riot of a film. So the film gets right into it uh, with the song that, uh, with that song that no one forgets, Cry Little Sister, which is such an 80s song. Um, and, it, you know, it's such a classic opening to a film that sort of no one really ever forgets because it's such a, such a haunting song. The kids chorus is just gets you. Yeah. Like right. it's, it's, it's so, you know, it's a lot like uh, the movie itself. Like it's definitely 80s, no question about it. Uh, yeah. But there's something it's not necessarily timeless. It's just something where it's like, it's of a time yet, like doesn't feel completely stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not like full on heavy hair metal at the start of a film. You know, it's just like you can, you there was actual thought in the process of putting that song at the start of this movie rather than just putting any sort of eighties metal song. Yeah. Well, I think he wrote it for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I believe so. Um, so then, then we see some cool as fuck looking dudes on a carousel, which is a badass place to be. Uh, and, and it all kicks off because uh, everyone else is just basically completely lame um, compared to these guys. You know, they're walking around this carousel absolutely, you know, um, looking like the absolute G's. And then you've got these guys <laughs> kicking right off. Um, and then the guy that chucked him out um, is the first to die. And I'm guessing they chose him because he looks like he's blood. He's made of pure sugar. So he's probably <laughs> sweet as hell. Uh, and Yeah, that's because yeah. he has the mustache, like the time to make the donuts guy. <laughs> so I think, yeah, he's just like the guy's a steady diet of donuts. And so yeah. it's just and donut like, glaze coming out of his veins. That's it. Like, I don't maybe sorry I don't blame those vampires. No, absolutely. Like maybe they've already like had dinner and he was like dessert. um but i bet that guy tastes good yeah i don't know actually i I look at a man like that and i'm like that man tastes good (laughs) i went down the street and i'm like if i was a vampire i'd definitely eat that guy like (laughs) check that out check that out his blood's gonna be sweet (laughs) so we are then introduced to the film's family two lads and a mum and a badass looking dog. They're living with grandpa now. And oh, hang on a minute, wait, he's dead. Actually, no, he's not uh, dead. He's just blind drunk. Uh, and at least- so awful. <laughs> yeah, he's just he does there. that. He's if out my there. parents did that to me, I would have a heart attack. I would die. Yeah, I would yeah. die. They just like come from out of town and they're like, oh, by the way, we're coming to live with you now. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, sure. 
to it and then gotcha. turn up. Are you <laughs> fucking high? Yeah, you're fucking high. <laughs> Grandpa, you're dead. No, I'm not. <laughs> and then <Are> obviously <laughs> and then at least, you know, Michael, the older, cooler brother of them, um, you know, at least he gives a fuck. Oh no, actually, no, he's too busy working out to bother actually help <laughs> lifting bags. You know, I mean he's such a cool guy. Who and who on earth like him, you know, will bother helping his mum and his, you know, and, and his brother help. Uh, you know, bringing some bags in, it's, it's not going to happen. He's just too cool. Pretty, for that. pretty people don't pick up bags. <laughs> they Rule get picked up one. for them. Why would they? <laughs> <laughs> so then, out of the blue, uh, we get the jacked up saxophone guy, guy thrusting everywhere. And obviously, mm -hmm. if you look like him, why the fuck not? Just, just. Oh, I do that all the time. Like literally, I would just like go to my lo local like supermarket with a saxophone and just stand there at the front greeting people as it's thrusting. <laughs> I crack open the canola oil right there in the supermarket and just lather up. I wouldn't even pay for it. <laughs> Again, you know, if you if you're if you're that dude, you don't have to. And you nobody gives you shit for doing it because you're just like, check out, check out this bod. Check out this rock hard bod. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> and they're like, oh geez. I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody's free walking. to Feel free to come crack open the canola oil with a switchblade any day of the week. That's cool. <laughs> Those are the rules. That's it. That's the rules of life. Everybody knows that by now. <laughs> <laughs> so then Michael, he's wasted no time at all. And he's throwing his sex stairs around already willy-nilly. <laughs> I mean, like, they're so, like, as well, like he gets right into it, doesn't he? Like, straight away, he's already throwing it around. Like, he's just turned up. He's there. He's, he, I mean, in the film, it feels like they're there for, like, five minutes. And already he's like throwing around like who's first. <laughs> yeah, I've tried. I tried that move where you just stare uh, <laughs> with intense focus at a lady in a crowd. It didn't, didn't work for me. It didn't work. Weirdly. <laughs> it didn't pan out. Um, I actually got in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he had to run away from the cop. <laughs> So, so at this point, the mum's got to get paid and she needs a job. So she goes, so she goes to the local video store where we meet the MTV version of Egon Spengler. Oh my God, that's perfect. That's exactly what he is. Exactly. Um, while, while they get um, their flirt on, and um, Corey Haim is at the local comic store where we're introduced to the amazing Frog Brothers. Um, <laughs> legends. And one of them is the other half of the two Corys, the iconic Corey Feldman. Um, and then straight off the bat, they're like, this comic, uh, you know, take this comic. And and the other frog brother is like, some guy. Yeah, I like, I literally, <laughs> I looked it up. Good. Um, I, I just like always forget about him. I know he's there the whole time. He's great. I, I mean, he deserves he to be, have a career. I just didn't yeah, happen. I mean, I don't know if he's in any, I mean, to be honest, I'd never watched any I'm of the sure other Lost Boys, something. but I don't know if he turned up for any oh. of the others. I'm pretty sure. I think the whole deal with the other Lost Boys is it's him and, and Corey. Oh, Feldman. really? Oh, so he, so he, you know, he probably makes some money still somehow. I'm sure he's okay. I, I hope he, I hope he does all right. Um, I hope so. And then obviously they give him this comic, uh, and then they say protect yourself, and he's like Corey Haynes, like no, this is bullshit. Like you, that you comic is crap. so cool. It's so cool, and I just love the whole, whole this film, like. It no, it wastes no time. Like there's no like bullshit around anything. Like it's literally like, you know, like if he comes along, there's a saxophone dude. He's there for any sex stairs. Um, like that, you know, straight away you get the vampires, and then straight away they're all like, by the way, you need this because you need to protect yourself. This place is full of vampires. You know, like there's no, 
like waiting forever to figure out like what's going on. Yeah, there's I think maybe the reason it is my favorite horror movie is the screenplay just seems to be like and the design of it and everything yeah. at every turn the the decision making is like, well, what's the most fun thing to put here? Yeah. Like how fun is oh what if there's a comic book that's his instructions, you know, as a there's the Obi-Wan Kenobi is these like badass little kids uh with absentee parents and uh they're like lesson they're sort of like 10 commandments is this bitchin comic book you know everything is so fun yeah yeah uh, it, it is literally one of the most fun times you'll have watching a film um so yeah then the film continues and then like that we got a bike chase through the sand when none of them are wearing safety goggles which is incredibly irresponsible <laughs> and, and, and after that we get in, uh, we get the close escape with a cliff and michael punches jack bauer square in the chops and instead of ripping, <laughs> and to get a rip in his face off he's like come out hang out in my classic high lair pause pause i got to point this out i don't know if yeah, anyone yeah. else has pointed this out in in podcast pop culture world but that scene is exactly like a couple of years earlier where the um st- in the stand by me where Kiefer Sutherland has the big standoff with the kids. And there's that classic line of like, no ace, just you. And like Lost yeah, Boys has yeah. the same deal. He's like, no, not them, just you. Yeah, and you're right. It's such a quintessential 80s movie thing that someone that Kiefer Sutherland has a gang of bros. Yeah. And that some kid is in front of him being like, no, just you. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, that's such another amazing movie. But, yeah, you're right. I just I hadn't clocked onto it until you said that. And then I was just like, because every time I watch it, it's always really familiar. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know what? It's probably because I've watched The Lost Boys so much that I'm like, oh, I've just remembered it. But then it's just like Stand By Me. Yeah, it is. You're, you, you are right. Um, so in this bit, obviously, the next is the absolute classic scene uh, where we get the whole noodles being maggots. But they're not maggots they're actually noodles but it's either way it's a good party trick um, <laughs> <laughs> and then michael he's like i didn't order that so, um, <laughs> what an <laughs> asshole that would make you if you were a vampire <laughs> yeah. and you just did that all the time at parties how miserable would it be no one would ever invite you yeah like you oh, think it's how, cool yeah you're like eating pizza hut and it's like how's that burnt flesh you're eating what <laughs> yeah. that, look at it it's burnt flesh just kidding you know it would be like some like hot topic chick that would do that (laughs) like that's that's who it is like yeah because then she gets to tell people she did it and she's like you know my mom was eating a cheeseburger and i made it look like a severed head it's just whatever i do i'm i'm so random (laughs) to be fair it it sounds exactly like what i would have done to my mom when i was like (laughs) absolutely um so yeah so obviously um at this point um, my uh, David's all like, so how about some wine to wash that down? And psych, obviously, it's not wine at all. It's blood. It's vampire jizz. <laughs> but obviously, it's blood. Um, and he, and well, whose Michael's, blood is it? Whose blood is it? Oh, just uh, I reckon. I mean, maybe it's like Max's or something. I don't. I know. think it's it's. I think it's probably Max's because that's yeah. how like in other vampire lore. You know, yeah, like you, you can get turned bite, or right? You can bite people all day. Once in a while, you'll find a vampire lore where it's like you get bitten, you become a vampire. That's really werewolves. Yeah. But like most vampire lore, you have to drink the blood of a vampire. Yeah. And I think it's, I'm sure that it would have to be the head vampire, unless would, it's like maybe, unless vampirism is like COVID 19 and it's just <laughs> as good. If, if they drink uh, 
David's blood, it's just as good as Max's, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe you're, like you're vampire... drinking the blood of everyone that they've ever been under the tutelage of and everyone they've under been been under the vampire tutelage of. The Lost Boys is the COVID of the 1980s. Oh um, damn, man, that is a way cooler. Yeah, absolutely um, that is magical i think <laughs> that one and then obviously in this scene he's drinking it and then we get that like you know he goes all sexy again where he looks like he's getting super turned on uh by drinking <laughs> by drinking the wine um i think is he or is it just for the way pretty people drink wine? <laughs> yeah i mean uh, like he's pretty much in this film just to like show his eyes off and uh you know, like do that. He, he he in this film, even though he's amazing, and I am a massive Jason Patrick fan. Yeah, he rules. Um, and he's so cool. He sort of like in this film reminds me a bit of Brad Pitt in um, World War Z. Uh, where oh, interesting. Where in World War Z, Brad Pitt. There's no point of Brad Pitt to be there apart from being down the end of a corridor who turns around and looks at a ca- like the camera. Like that is pretty much the only thing that happens in World War Z. Um, yeah, and yeah. that's what they. He's definitely. He's doing James Dean, like, yeah. in a lot of it. Like, yeah. especially that. He's definitely doing James Oh, Dean. yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, that's what it's sort of like. He's just, you know, throwing his beautiful eyes around. <laughs> <laughs> All willy-nilly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the film continues its path of maximum awesomeness. Um, as they hang off a bridge and fall and fly and shit, you know, just do average night for a vampire. The only scene that's shot, like, not in Santa Cruz, that's in, like, Alabama or something, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, you can sort of tell that because, I don't know, it just doesn't, it looks out of place, if you get what I mean. Not out oh. of place, but it's like, you've got all this beach and everything like that, and then you've got, like, a random bridge. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure the trivia is out there to tell you, but I think, or I theorize, or I read, I don't recall that. Maybe it was just a safety thing that was, like, yeah, California wouldn't let him do it with the on-location thing. And Alabama was like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> Come hang off this bridge, boys. <laughs> we just want to hey, move it here. <laughs> hey, Cooper, get over here and hang off this bridge, bud. <laughs> just you. <laughs> <laughs> just you. None of these rest of these boys. They look weird. Pop <laughs> that guy with the beautiful eyes. <laughs> I like your dad in that movie where he's screaming at people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can imagine that being real. Um, so, so, so things at this, so things at this point start getting pretty shit for Michael and his little brother as lads on bikes start being utter douchebags, and that's a bit where they're riding around all outside the house, beaming their lights from their bikes in, and everybody's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Um, and then with Michael turning rapidly and sweating a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot, well, yeah, he's sweating loads. Uh, the dog turns uh, turns on him, and he's the protector. Um, of all that's good and michael now has no reflection so he's like yeah i'm, I'm one of the best sequences in the movie barna like definitely the whole like there's yeah. so much great about that scene like nanook saving him and yeah. it's got the maybe is the best line in lost boys the like uh my own brother goddamn shit sucking vampire <laughs> you just wait till mom finds out buddy yeah i think that is that sums up lost boys to me yeah that line yeah. it's just yeah it's just when you think about it this film like i'm going through this and obviously you think about this film and i literally watched it the other day and then it, i watched it just before christmas and then for halloween and then even then like you get a smile on your face every time you talk about it because you're like i just want to watch it again <laughs> yeah absolutely i think you know it's funny that like uh that synopsis or logline or whatever that doesn't pitch this movie to you yeah you, you don't even need any plot i think literally the line if you don't if you've never heard of lost boys you've been in a coma for 30 
nine years and 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 someone's explaining to you what it is i think all you need to hear is there's a line in this movie my own brother goddamn shit sucking vampire you just wait till mom finds out buddy <laughs> they should have the put movie. that quote that's on the, the poster movie. like that's, yeah. that's that's the quote on the poster like just a like a black poster with just yeah. like michael's eyes these sexy stare eyes looking man, right we got, i'm make, dude we got a, i'm a graphic designer i'm making that oh, after this man. episode make you that can post and then, it. And then post send it, it to me and then i'll put it yeah. on my wall <laughs> don't, definitely don't let me forget to make that poster oh, for, for your for your podcast um so yeah so now he can't see his reflection he knows uh that he's a vampire so who are you gonna call the frog brothers um, from this point on, uh, you get sort of the standard story bits, but it, it's still great because this this film doesn't get boring at all. So even though you've got the odd bits where they're, you know, like getting from point A to point B, it doesn't ever feel like that in this movie. No, you're, um, you're feeling the like joy of the and there's a there's a, a concept in uh, screenwriting where it's like the promise of the premise, which yeah. is ultimately the reason we really showed up. Uh and Lost Boys never stops. That promise of the premise is in that movie from opening to close. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. Um, so then we get Rubbish Egon. He comes back. Uh, so Max, <laughs> Max is coming over for dinner um, where they're trying to find out if he's a vamp, but he's not falling for any of their shit with the, with the garlic and any of that. You know, he's seen it all before. Um, then Michael and Star have a game of sex, reminiscent to the scene in the movie from uh, The Room. Uh, yeah. With Tommy Wiseau, just 10 times shorter. Um, yeah, they, they looked into the future and stole that scene they from did. The Room. They did. Uh, well, you know, that's a good point. I think that that insane, gross, weird man buns <laughs> uh, sex scene from The Room is inspired by Lost Boys. That's totally what he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, he and also as well as that, um, and I'm sure you know, and other people know who love the room, but that was part of the original story was that um, his character and it was going to randomly be a vampire. So, oh, yeah, I'm sure. And dude, I bet it isn't even that Tommy Wiseau likes Lost Boys that much. I guarantee you is that he had watched it like two days before he started writing. I guarantee you that dude. It's not because he loves the movie. It's just like. Uh, I watched Lost Boy yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think maybe they'd be vampire. I did not steal it. I did not. <laughs> oh, <Hannah. laughs> It's I, not. It's the Lost Boys. I like it. <laughs> I saw a movie Lost Boy and no, I wouldn't show my buns. <laughs> hey, how about we have sex? <laughs> it's going to take about half hour. <laughs> Put the camera at my buns. <laughs> Play with my hair. Um, are you put are you put the camera on my buns? Yes, Tommy. The camera is pointed at your buns. We've been doing it for like six I'm not, hours. I'm answering that question again. We've run out of film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you're probably right. I, I'm thinking too much into it. I'm thinking that he was like, you know, a massive fan of Lost Boys and he basically wanted to make Lost Boys. It, but I think you're right. He's the type I've of been, person that probably watched it an hour before they started shooting. He's like, I, I got to change some things. <laughs> <laughs> like if he like if he had watched um you know like uh uh B disney's blank check right before it the movie would have been about <laughs> him getting a blank check <laughs> i guarantee yeah. it or like dunstan checks in yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also getting cheated on yeah that always because obviously someone broke his yeah. heart yeah like I mean, the, I, well you get like the the monkey like ends up <laughs> being the one that cheats on her 
yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we might be on a bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, the next episode <laughs> we do is about the the room. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's it's a it's a horror. It's not really a horror book movie, but I mean, people call it a horror ball movie, so we could probably get away with it. Um. See, so yeah, anyway, what they call it a what <laughs> a horrible movie. Oh, oh, the room, not Lost Boys. Okay, got oh, it, yeah, it. no, absolutely not. Um, so where are we? The Jesus oh, knows, I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, so oh, yeah, that's right. I, no, I, I went too far, that's why. Um, so then they're having the sex, it's like the room. Um, <laughs> some more standard oh, yeah. movie, some more standard <laughs> movie shit happens. Uh, but then there's a fucking Santa Carla Beach massacre where the boys feast on some absolute beach, beach, uh, douches. One of the Best fucking um, scenes in horror film history. Absolutely. Like, it is super violent, uh, and we finally get a proper look at uh, Kiefer Sutherland and, and, his, yes. and, his, and his friends in their vamp form. Um, yeah, I feel like that's I feel like that scene is everything you've been enjoying about that movie up to now yeah. and the yeah. horror elements of it. That scene is just like, and I, I love that Schumacher was like, let's just, let's just floor this thing, yeah. man. Dude, <laughs> let's, like, let's, whatever, whatever gas we got in this tank, let's burn it all right now. Yeah, like it's so good. It's so good, and it's so like, it's so out of the blue. Like you know, like the film sort of carries on in this sort of way, the way you think it's going to go. But in that scene, it's like it's so vicious and so visceral, and oh, and that like, is that is the epitome. And I'm like, I, I'm I'm sure I'll get back into this when I am talking about why I love the movie. And we're, we're sort of digging into that stuff, but that scene is like to me the real sort of like fire in lost boys is and these are my favorite kind of stories you show this environment that's so violent and so scary and like how could you ever survive here unless you were a complete badass maybe a greased up saxophone man and it's <laughs> so it's everything's trying to kill you and then like here's this predator that is like eats all this shit like these punk rockers that are on god knows what you know at this bonfire listening for some reason listening to aerosmith and not circle jerks <laughs> yeah. but like uh but like uh they they're dangerous fucking people yeah. and they get devoured by these other guys and that is so cool that yeah. like big fish little fish ah it's i love that about lost boys and yeah. this scene just fucking blows that up and it, and it sort of like changes the tone of the next part of the film, so to speak. You, you know, I think it just from that point on, you're like, I mean, this is going to get like fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, it's just it tells you. Yeah, it, this movie keeps telling you what you're watching in this profound way. Um, so then Michael, um, he's, he's all like this vampire life is it's not for me. Um, so then they have to call the frog bros um, so they can go into the vampire lair. To straight up basically murder them in their sleep and unfortunately oh, god sorry yeah go every on. scene is great every yeah, scene is. is the greatest scene in lost boys it is every scene is just <laughs> that's the thing like you can literally take like five minute segments of every scene of this like film and it's then just show it to somebody perfect. and god. be like by the way this is how you make a film <laughs> but yeah I unfortunately agree. the first one to go is alex winter pre uh, obviously Bill and Ted fame. Um, Sweet little cherub, Alex Winter. His little angel face. Yeah, it's totally bogus. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and I was always, I was always guy because I, um, I talk about it a little bit more later, but I actually saw Bill and Ted, I think before I saw Lost Boys. Um, and yeah, like I thought he was going to be like a bigger star in it, but obviously, you know, he, um, yeah, he dies. And I was like, they killed Bill, like already, like, that's it. Oh, He's no. the first to go. And I was just kill, like, that was the first, that was the original Kill Bill. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so at this point, um, they know they're about to be hunted. Um, so they start setting up traps and everything for the ultimate battle with the vampires. Um, they start by burning the shit out of the one that looks like Bon Jovi, um, nice. which, which creates an absolutely beautiful array of blood fountains everywhere. Um, and then the Tommy Lee one, he gets crossbowed and blows the fuck up. Death by stereo. Death by stereo. So many which classic is, lines. And that's an excellent. If you don't, there's a band called Death by Stereo. Oh, really? They're like sort of a skate punk band. Yeah, yeah they're really good. Um, and then Michael and Davey, uh, David finally battle it out uh, while Sam and the Frog Rose are trying to capture the little kid who looks more like a werewolf than a vampire, who I never, yep. ever remember that they're in this film. I don't know why, yeah, but that I kid... always forget. Yeah, that kid. So I love to say that Lost Boys is flawless. It's perfect. That screenplay is just ratcheted down to perfection. And then I remember that kid. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you're like, why yeah. in God's name is he there? Yeah, you're like, I don't oh, know yeah. if they, I know it's a hangover from the original, we'll get into that, from the original idea for it or whatever. But I don't know if they were telling themselves that it would like raise the stakes if there was a kid. Yeah, uh, possibly. He does not need to be there. It does not. No. There are no stakes. <laughs> you're right on that and kid. I, as i say every time i watch it i'm like oh yeah yeah there, there's a kid in this and I, I forgot again sorry um but you know yeah all right i mean they, they're taking that bit out i don't think anybody would have probably noticed yeah it's fine i'm not like i don't when i watch the movie i don't like get to the kid i'm like god damn it i hate yeah, this yeah. <laughs> i don't feel that way at film. all no 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 it's it's when I'm, if i'm when i'm watching lost boys i'm at a fucking 10 of yeah. like joy and pleasure <laughs> the whole movie so but uh yeah the kid doesn't need to be there um and then downstairs michael impales david who looks pretty happy about it to be honest and then he dies or does he but once again i'll get into that <laughs> a little bit later um and then so it's all over right Psych, not obviously it's not because fake Egon Max walks in all Bobby Big Bollocks and guess what? <laughs> <laughs> and, guess, and guess what? He's been the head honcho all along. And how and who for now, for uh, some reason, sounds like John Lithgow. Um, Dude, yeah. I've, I'm sorry. I, I've never heard that phrase. Bobby Big Bollocks. Have you that's know, oh, Bobby that's Big fantastic. Bollocks. Yeah, it, I got to work. So the American version will be Bobby Big Balls. Uh, and I... <laughs> I gotta work that into Dead Meat Pete. I gotta have <laughs> oh Bobby Pete's. Big Bollocks. I gotta have yeah. I gotta have Pete be like, oh, what are you, Bobby could, Big Boss? Or if you ever need like some like English guy <laughs> in the background who's getting in the way, be like, oi, what are you doing? It's all Bobby Big Bollocks. <laughs> it's all Big Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Just have me in the background doing that. There you go. I need to be taking notes. <laughs> um. So he sounds like John Lithgow, um, which always confuses me. Not so much his secondary, it's just the start. He says a line, <laughs> and I'm like, that's John Lithgow. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's not him. He does sound like him. Weird. <laughs> but that all means shit, uh, because Gramps is back to save the day and kills Max to death. Uh, and then guess knew all about, who knew all about the vampires all along? Gramps did. And if only he'd said something sooner. Because then he probably would have not put his family at risk of dying from vampires <laughs> and, and everything yeah. else. So I genuinely think that he's been there his whole life. And I think my theory, I have, this is my fan theory, is that he experienced some kind of trauma from vampires maybe when he was a kid. Maybe I'm successful in Hollywood. They let me make this prequel. Uh, he experienced something when he was younger. And I think that he doesn't want there to be another big loud outbreak of vampires i think he knows they're there 
And I, I don't know. I think that he's just like in denial, kind of. Yeah. Okay, that's my theory. I, that's my theory about why grandpa doesn't get involved sooner is, is he finally accepts like, no, this shit's popping off again and they're going to kill my family. Uh, I just think he's cute. That's my theory. I don't know. Let me write that prequel. Yeah. Uh, that's Schumacher. it. Yeah. Or like, he, like as if Schumacher controls. <laughs> <laughs> or what it is, is um, he is like most grandparents, especially grand, like I know what my grandfather was like. Uh, he just believed in like tough love. So he was just like, fucking get on with it and True. deal with it. Good point. So, yeah. That's so a maybe hell of he, a point, actually. Dude, that man is in his 70s or 80s yeah. in the 1980s. That means he's very much part of a generation that was so fucking tough. Yeah. They might not even notice that vampires <laughs> no. are taking over. <laughs> he, he's, he's probably just like, like, Dave, he's probably out on that date and they're like that woman's like he's on the date with he, she's probably like do they know about the vampires and he's just like they get they, let them get on with it they're kids uh, like, probably i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah they, they'll be all right oh uh, yeah yeah they'll probably, probably, it. probably vampires you're right <laughs> um that's probably it he's he's probably just like you know he just thinks you know they'll be all right they're they're his grandkids i'm sure they'll survive but you know what a risk to put them under um <laughs> So that that is the film. That that is that's the film. That's what happens. That's a longer version than what Google gives you, and a more in depth version <laughs> um, of what happens in the Lost Boys. Um, there's probably loads of other little bits in there that I've forgotten, or people might want me to mention, but it's tough. I've done it now. Um, so <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, that's it. Um, so. As I always do now, I'll, I'll give you some facts, um, some juicy facts about the uh, the Lost Boys as well. Juicy, juicy bloody. facts. I say juicy, juicy like that, juicy like Donut Cop. Like Donut Cop. <laughs> 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 I wish they'd done a, like a side film of him about everything that he ate, had eaten on the day. Like maybe they'll nice. Maybe they'll let us make that too. Yeah, maybe. This is why. See, we need to be writing this down because they're they're missing tricks here. Um, <laughs> so number one. Corey Feldman's uh, reference for the character for the movie was Sylvester Stallone's Rambo, which you, I didn't really think about at the time. And then when you watch it and you know about it, you're like, oh, yeah, like 100 percent. Like, yeah, he's, which, he's even the, got the voice and everything. Again, I love like I know I'm th always throwing out theories, but I speculate there was a moment where Schumacher was just like, like Corey Feldman was like, oh, I'm supposed to have a motivation. Like, what's my motivation? <laughs> yeah. And then Schumacher was just like, um, you know what? I think he probably just like he really likes he just saw Rambo. And so yeah. he just loves Rambo. And uh, I bet. <laughs> I don't know. I have a theory. I think that conversation happened. And then, yeah. and then Feldman was like, all right, I got it. <laughs> yeah. so I, I understand. I would have told like this in between me taking drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I have my, my Schumacher impersonation. I have no idea what he talks like. Oh, no, I never no, I just did that. See, I imagine him talking like this. Hello, it's me. Oh, that's true. You're right. I'm yes. me, Joel Duh. Schumacher. Um, <laughs> it's a me. It's, it's a Joel me. Schumacher. It's a me, Schumacher. <laughs> Uh oh. Um, uh, so, so number two, the original script called for a much younger vampires, um, meant to be in their early teens, where the film was basically Peter Pan with vampires, which you can hundred. I'd watch the shit out of. And yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can sort of see that in the film if you know the story of Peter Pan and and the yeah. books and everything like and the Lost Boys. I mean, it makes sense. Um, and you know what? I think they're skirting around saying Goonies with vampires. Yes, absolutely. Like that's that's basically what this film is to me. It's like a horror version of the Goonies with vampires. Yeah, that's basically what like what it's like. Um, number three, there was a planned sequel called The Lost Girls. Um, that that, that which director, I'd watch the shit out of too. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, director, especially man, imagine back then. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Yeah, go imagine on. 
back then you make a lost girls people were just like there's a lost boys now but it's girls and then they go see it and there's not like a hurricane shitstorm of people be a, people would just go watch the movie wouldn't yeah, that be yeah. crazy like that's it people would literally go like i mean it's, like, oh it's girls now okay well that's the thing about the <laughs> 80s because literally anything goes in the 80s like that's how it was like every yeah, type yeah. Of genre of music they were like fuck it do it any type of movies like they were like fuck it do it like you think of everything that we got out of the 80s like whether it's horror movies or whatever um it was literally just here's the money and do whatever the fuck you want with it and and it, it, right, it was yeah. irrelevant of what it was so yeah you're, you're exactly right if it, but i mean if like it, i don't want to i don't like totally get in the weeds on this thing but like I, I just definitely think back then people weren't necessarily people weren't being told as much as they are now yeah, how yeah, they absolutely. should react to things based on their yeah. belief system or yeah. whatever where it's like now it's like you know you if you're this kind of person here's how you react if you're this kind of person yeah. here's how you react and back then people were like oh it's lost girls interesting yeah, yeah absolutely. or they'd have been like i don't give a shit but yeah they would have made their own decision it's key for in it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 um Number four, the contact lenses uh, were unbearable. And in a scene where you see a tear from Kiefer Sutherland's eye, that's just from good old fashioned pain. Um, and I genuinely thought he was crying, but yeah, it was just real pain. That, and man, one of it maybe like, I'm sure there are other examples. That's got to be in the top five of like effects, costume issues that created amazing cinema. Like oh, yeah, that absolutely. is so good. And it looks yeah. like it's like silver. I don't know if they added something because, you know, the vampire blood and the sunlight is all glittery or whatever. Uh, <laughs> that is such an amazing little like touch in the yeah. movie. It's so and, it, and it literally came at the exact right point as well. Like it's just yeah, one of those things bonkers. like it just wouldn't happen. That's the that's the, the magic of Dude, movies, yeah. I guess sometimes. It, it's yeah, just synchronicity that because that movie is magic. Uh, that I think if you had had wanted an effect, you'd have been like Q-tier right there. You know? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, number five, Ben Stiller almost played a role in the movie. That's that's enough. You need to know about that one. Um, that had to be. It had he had to have tried out for for Michael. Well, this is what I thought, but they didn't because I, I was trying to look into it. Because when they said that, I was just like, well, who for? Like David or Michael? Or I mean, he's Michael. the only logical one that you can think of. But I couldn't find anywhere who it was. Maybe people, if they're listening to this, obviously somebody might know. Um, and then maybe it was the kid. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He had like a bigger bit, but it, it was Ben Stiller. But instead, they were just like, oh, no, we can't do Dude, it. Dude, what if he was greased up sax man? Oh, no. I see. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> no, but no, I kind of, but it's Ben Stiller now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be. Oh, wait, no, dude. You know what I, I want is Jerry Stiller. Jerry God Stiller. rest his soul. All right, as greased up sax. Oh, my God. He would kill it. That would I think he would, he would not do it. It would be a net shirt. I think, but oh my yeah, god, it would man, be. I want Jerry Stiller in Lost Boys now, really bad. It would have been. I want good. Jerry Stiller to be the head <laughs> vampire. Um, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I knew if I could get you, I'd get the boys. You know what? <laughs> they could have done that where, like, it could have been like a sequel if they hadn't done all the others, where like Ben Stiller was his son. Yes, and, and Jerry uh, Stiller's the head vampire. Yeah, there we go. Um, no, I kind of, oh man, I don't know. I need to see Jerry Stiller in, in a lot of those roles, actually. Yeah. I, I want, I'd actually settle for a nutty professor. I'm going off the deep end here. I'd settle for a nutty professor, a makeup effects, Jerry Stiller, Lost Boys. That'd make me pretty happy. There you go. Everybody's um, Jerry Stiller. <laughs> just everyone. 
<laughs> number number six. Um, some may have noticed that though impaled, um, this is the interesting one for me as well. Um, it, though impaled, David was not actually killed with the proper vampire rules uh, no. in mind. Why? That always bugged me. Because he's not dead. Um, well, we presume he's dead, so we know him as. Well, dead. then what the hell is he? And then that's it. So he was apparently supposed to come back for the mentions, like I said earlier, the sequel. That was on purpose? I had no idea. Yes. So he was supposed to come back for the Lost Girls, and then he was basically essentially going to become their head vampire and and train them up into proper 80s montage. But, Sorry, um, I keep interrupting you. I had no idea that that was because it's always like, well, I guess horns work, and they're also not going through his heart. Yeah, they're kind of going through his titties. Uh, <laughs> but I guess that's okay. And he's super happy it. about it. And maybe but, that's yeah. why he's, <laughs> he's super happy. His headlights are on. Yeah, he's like, because <laughs> every time something happens to somebody, like they get, they they always look like they've got boners, and um, <laughs> and like he he does that in this scene, but maybe he's oh, happy yeah. because he, he's he, definitely he's definitely gasming there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But maybe he's like he's doing uh, that. Like uh. he's all, <laughs> maybe he's all happy because. He knows he's like not dead. Maybe like because he looks down and he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, it's not in my heart. So I'm just going to lie here for a little bit and pretend I'm yeah. dead. And then you he's think just... it's cashing on this sweet vampire insurance. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so number seven, the Lost Boys was the inspiration for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, that's it. That's, that's all the. Fa- oh, no, it's not. I've got one more. Sorry. The order that the vampires um, first appear on screen is the same order that they actually die. So in reverse, David, Dwayne, Paul, and Marco, it, they die in reverse of that. So Marco, Paul, Dwayne, and David. That Dude, I it. didn't know that Dwayne was a vampire, and I didn't know the other guys' names. I only know Marco and David. I just, I just. What are them. they? What are their other names? Oh, you're uh, just making it up. I no, David, Dwayne, Paul, Marco. Apparently, that's what they're called. Oh, uh, but Paul, I know Paul I and Dwayne. Them, I just called them Paul uh, Bon Jovi and and Tommy Lee. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. Yeah, I um, see that. So, yeah. Death by Stereo and Twisted Sister. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. So that's it. So that's basically the what happens in the film. That is a few facts um, about the film. But then after all of this and... and I have some hot facts. Oh, Are God. we running yeah, out of oh, yeah, time? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I, that's what I wanted you to do. I forgot about okay. it. Okay. Go on. Okay, yeah. I got, some hot, I got some hot tips. Hot, I got some juicy facts. Hot tips. I try to use some hot juicy facts. Um, <laughs> so uh, um, Tim Capello is also in the Mad Max video, which I someone told me that at a bar last night. <laughs> I should have researched it. So this is, it was a girl wearing a really badass uh, Grease Up Saxman shirt who told me that. <laughs> Oh, really? That's my trivia. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the, 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 so I, most of my other shit comes from, I'm trying to give you the weird tidbits you're not going to find elsewhere. Only yeah. hot and fresh on Let's Talk Art. Um, <laughs> uh, so if you saw the uh, movie about the David Koresh uh, cult thingy that happened in Texas or whatever, um, in that movie, I don't know if it happened in real life. I assume this, dude, this had to have happened in real life uh david koresh was this cult leader dude and at some point when the fbi has this big standoff with him he puts because you know the dude he was like a hard rocker he yeah. was like a hard rocking bro who had a cult so he could bang a bunch of chicks which is what 99.9 <laughs> percent yeah. of cults are uh but like uh he the fbi is outside of his house and he's like you know what i'm gonna do to the fbi right now i need to put the pa in the windows i need to get out my stratocaster and i need to shred in front of the fbi and play the fucking uh i still believe from lost boys and that <laughs> fucking happened dude he david koresh blasted covers fucking uh 
I still believe in front of the FBI in which again, don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much, but that was where Alex Jones like got his big claim to fame. So at some point in American cultural history, Alex Jones is standing in a dirt road in Texas, listening to David fucking Koresh sing. I still believe greased up sax man song from lost boys. And I think that is a quintessential moment. If you're in quantum leap, you go back there because that's an important fucking moment. <laughs> that's uh, anyways, and that, so that's the David Koresh thing. And then uh, my other stuff is just, uh, I had the luck uh, and good fortune to, for my job, go out to Santa Cruz where they shot this thing and spend a week with uh, Richard uh, Hoover, who owns Santa Cruz Guitars and has, has been there. I don't know if he's been there his whole life. He's been there most of his life. Uh, and this knows all this Santa Cruz lore. And I just bugged the shit out of him because i'm such a lost boys fan and he took he took me around town and showed me all these bitching like filming locations and he's the only person i've heard point out that uh they asked to shoot in santa cruz and were told they could only do it if they didn't call it santa cruz because it states the murder capital of the world that's a trivia bit you can find everywhere else richard pointed out to me that that was happening because in the 70s a man named edmund kemper was kidnapping college girls and uh, murdering them and having sex with their corpses. And that was sort of like a big part of Santa Cruz's identity still in the 80s. And they were trying to squash it and make it go away. And so anyways, this uh, complete piece of fucking shit, Edmund Kemper is probably the source of uh, the town and Lost Boys being called Santa Carla because of this piece of flaming shit. Um, I think that's an interesting tidbit. Haven't heard anyone pointed out. Kiefer Sutherland's beard, it feels like it's a cinematic statement that it's gone when he gets stabbed through the titties. <laughs> yeah. uh, the reality of it is that that was a reshoot, which now that you point out he wasn't supposed to be completely dead, I bet the reshoot was based on that decision was probably made posthumously. Yeah. Uh, they were like, let's not use, let's not go through the heart so we can bring him back. I guarantee you that's why the reshoot happened. He had already shaved his beard for whatever movie he was working on. And that's why he's clean shaven uh when he dies not because he's losing his uh vampire evilness or whatever which is what it feels like in the movie and completely works uh do, do we have time for me to tell one more tidbit absolutely okay again i'm trying to give you like fresh spicy stuff you're not going to hear elsewhere this one has nothing to do with the movie i just want to <laughs> tell you that my 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 life other than the like spending a week with uh richard hoover touring santa cruz which actually real fast there's there's a hill overlooking grandpa's house and if you go stand up there, if you ever go to Santa Cruz, and please, if you're a Lost Boys fan, make a pilgrimage to Santa Cruz, go find Grandpa's house location. It's still there. It's like an old clubhouse or something. There's a hill. If you go towards the coast, there's a big giant hill that's looking down at the house. You can see it uh, on the edge of the field. And if you turn and look down the coast of California, you can completely see the geography of what would be Santa Carla. And you can see where the hotel might've been. You can imagine them flying over the hills and landing there. That is one film, you know, generally you shoot a place and you're faking everything and half of it's on a soundstage. Other than that bridge in Alabama uh, and the uh, Warner Brothers lot when they go get the Holy Water, which is the town from Gilmore Girls, which also has Max the Head Vampire in it. Um, other than those location changes, uh, almost all of it is completely in Santa Cruz. And the geography of it makes total sense. Like the boardwalk is down here south of Grandpa's house. You can, like I said, it goes, if you love this movie and it means as much to you as it means to me, go stand on that hill and soak it up. It is amazing. You can feel the movie being real in that spot. It's a wonderful thing. Go do it. Oh, I can imagine that like being amazing because that's the thing you're we'll, right. Like, we'll get you out there. Oh, yeah. We'll get you out here one day. 
yeah one day like if if we can teleport then yeah it's gonna happen i will, I will teleport. okay yeah someday 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 <laughs> someday <laughs> my, my, um, my, my my last personal story this is ridiculous and you can cut this if you want this is stupid so my other serendipitous moment is uh my little shit town in the south that I grew up in, uh, Jason Patrick was here filming a movie when I was fresh out of high school. It was in my first band and we were playing a show at this pub, which was an Irish pub. And um, I was so amazed that he was sitting at the bar. I just was shitting my pants and I'm like, I've got to <laughs> get his attention. And I decided as a dumb kid, the way to do that was to keep quoting Lost Boys in between songs. <laughs> Turns out if you're a sarcastic fat kid in a pop punk band and you're like quoting Lost Boys to Jason Patrick in between songs, he very naturally, very correctly, or not correctly, but very understandably un thinks that you're making fun of him. So I'm like, I get through like six or seven songs of being like, join us, Michael, join us. They're maggots you're eating, Michael. And, and being like saying all these lines from, from Lost Boys. And then after like eight songs, Jason Patrick gets up from the bar. He's walking over to the stage. And I'm like, here it comes, Chris. It's all going to happen for you right now. He walks right past the stage in the middle of our song and flips me off the entire time he's walking, <laughs> flips me off through the window, leaving the bar. And it instantly was like this life lesson of like, that's not how things work, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't start shouting lines from my movie and then expect me yeah. to be like, "You're you're the fucking best, dude." You're the, <laughs> you're the best guy I've ever met. Yeah. You just quoted my movie <laughs> that I'm trying to get out from under. You know, whatever. 20, 15 years later, or whatever. And like, so I gotta come hang out with you. I'm a serious now. actor. <laughs> I'm a see. I gotta come out with you now. You figured it out. Congratulations. <laughs> Anyways, that's the last of my trivia. That's it, and it sucks as well because obviously this being like your favorite film one of your favorite films of all time for the rest of your life hurt, i mean it's, it's amazing knowing that you've met jason patrick well but, i didn't meet him i well yeah, well, you didn't, yeah you pissed him off <laughs> but yeah, well, I, you were in the vicinity of jason patrick and, was, and you, that's it you die knowing that uh you know you, you pissed him off and he flipped you true. off i got I got to make it. So it's like, there's a lot of goals I have in life and, and, and the reasons I want to make it as a filmmaker. And I think chief among them is to have a conversation with Jason Patrick or like, yeah, dude, yeah, like, I'm sorry. And just I be get like, what I did. That's not what I was trying to do. I wasn't making fun of you. I was a dumb kid and I blew it and I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to seize the moment and I did it in the completely wrong way. No, I seized something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, and I, oh, the whole time I've just got to imagine him like staring at you, giving you those sex eyes like, on the way fuck out. This fucking and, piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> you piece of shit. Fuck you. Fuck this Peter Griffin looking motherfucker playing Blink 182 songs. <laughs> I didn't even want to be here today. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's so sad, but funny. So yeah, so that is that. That's it. That's the facts. You've got my facts. You've got Chris's facts, um, and then sort of obviously the the life stories that he's had to deal with and, and <laughs> lived the, the whole of his life through. Um, my traumatic past. Your traumatic past. Um, oh man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's sad, isn't it? But but in a good way. Um, but yeah, as I said, I'll, you know, we're getting we're going to get into um, sort of how we think about the film and that. But he's he's just a tiny little bit more um, about the film before we do that. So. Uh, it's directed, obviously, by Joel Schumacher, or is that Joel Schumacher, which is how he sounds, probably. Why is this German man Italian all of a sudden? Oh, I don't know. He's a mixture of everything. He's, <laughs> he's explored the world. He's explored the world and, and uh, delved into their cultures. 
and then he made Lost Boys, um, who, who also directed Falling Down, Flatliners, Phone Booth, and then many other films, including the classic Batman and Robin. Oy. Somehow. somehow. Wait, no, but also, also Batman Forever, right? Oh, yeah, I think he did. He do both. I don't even know. Like, after Batman and Robin, I was like, nah, fuck this. Like, um, I don't even know if he did both, but I mean, he probably did. You're probably right. Um, his name sounds German. I had to look it up. It's uh, his, uh, his parents, Swedish, uh, Jewish, Swedish, Jewish. So I don't know. That name sounds German. Right, whatever. He certainly yeah. is not Super Mario. No, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but he could be. You never know in, a, in, a, in you know, uh, uh, an alternate dimension. Ooh. Um, that's it. Uh, so, yeah, the, the film stars, obviously, an amazing cast, including Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Jason Patrick, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Alex Winter, and then the other Lost Boys, like Bon Jovi and, and uh, Tommy Lee, and then Diane West, who pays the mum. Uh, and then, obviously, there's but, many. Man, honestly, I need to point this out here. Yeah. Uh, I am in love with Diane West. I think it's funny. Like, I thought I didn't notice her when I was a kid, but I guess it's like I'm getting old now and when i watch movies with her in it i'm like she's fucking beautiful yeah she's uh, like, i did not see that when i was a child and she just she she just plays this character so well in in this film like this this you know mother who, you know she's loves so good kids. man she's so good in edward scissorhands sorry i gotta call oh out yeah yeah shout she's out. so good in that as well she's so good she just plays that character so well like you can just see like parenthood she's yeah fucking amazing yeah so i'm in love with diane weiss if you're out there diane listen I'm still down. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Diane. I'm down. You just got to hope D- you. Just, if, if, if she's listening to this, I want her to know I'm DTF. And, <laughs> and also, like, hopefully you. she doesn't go into any bars or you're playing any bands because oh, it Jesus. might be another I'm, person be where awful. she might flip you off. <laughs> on the way I would out. Not, I would, I'm sure I would not land that particular bird <laughs> either. <laughs> Imagine that if you went through your life the way Jason Patrick flipped you off and Diane was like... <laughs> Um, and then obviously there's many more in this film where you can't forget, obviously, Tim Capello, the amazing buff saxophone dude. Um, the film was released, as I said, in 1987 with a budget of 8.5 million and it made 32 million worldwide. Good uh, job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it was it should have been more. It should have been more. Yeah. And it was critically praised uh, universally, apart from some critics stating it was more style over substance. But those, most, those, pe- those people are fucking assholes. Those, oh, they're a bunch of fucking nerds. That's what they are. Like, they, yeah. don't, they don't know what cool is. They're a bunch of shit asses. Like, they think that they think they're Bobby Big Bullocks. <laughs> Bobby Big Bullocks. They're a bunch of shit asses. <laughs> they're a bunch of fucking computer nerds <laughs> who, who know nothing about being fucking cool. Um, yeah. Go outside. That's it. <laughs> um, Don't sit inside and watch Lost Boys like me and draw. Be <laughs> outside throwing sex stairs and thrusting it. <laughs> Go throw some sex stairs like a real person. <laughs> so one of the other most mo- notable things about this film is its amazing soundtrack. They include obviously the classic Cry Little Sister. Ah, so good. Uh, you've also got In Excess. Uh, and then, as we mentioned earlier, obviously, we've got that scene uh, where it's super brutal and you've got Run and the sorry, MC. I, that is, yeah, that song and that scene, that's a, that's a really cool song and everything. But yeah. that like that that scene definitely should have had Dead Kennedys or Black Flag or something. Yeah, yeah like those it, guys. It, it felt like it should have had something like, you know, proper punk, proper yeah. like, going over it, you know. Yeah, it was. It, I think it was just an, like a, cho- a choice from the 80s and stuff and... And that was obviously such a huge song, but yeah, I, that's that's one like 
out of all the songs in it, it's the only one that doesn't fit it. But then at the same time, you sort of think to yourself, well, actually, that's probably what the douchebags on the beach were probably listening to. They might have been idiot. I don't, man, those are like, I don't know, man. Those are like California punk well, rockers yeah, they the probably would, I mean, imagine if it was just Beach Boys instead. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it definitely yeah. would have been less late. Man, late, that's like, Lost Boys 89? Uh, 87. Oh. Yeah, 87. Okay. Um, yeah, I would. So, I was gonna say Operation Ivy. Operation Ivy didn't exist yet. I don't think. But yeah, it's it's the, it's. I think it's the only song out of all of it that doesn't like. No, work. Operation Ivy. I'd put Operation Ivy there. They, they started in '87. So there you go then. So anything like more punky or Billy Idol esque or something like that. You know, what I mean, like <laughs> that would have been dude, Billy. It should have been. Billy. Oh, I thought you said Billy Eilish. Oh no, definitely not. Imagine that back then. Jesus Christ. She's, yeah. a, she's a time traveler. She's a time traveler. Um, so this, this film continues to grow and grow, bringing in the new fans uh, with its style, its attitude and retro fun, where there's fans of old, uh, you know, st- who still hold those nostalgic memories of when the first time they saw this film. Um, and it continues to be on so many people's lists of favorite films. And it really deserves to be because this film balances the line perfectly. Um, between, you know, sort of being something that's really, really unique in its own way, but still manages to be very familiar. And for me, that's a great place to be. Um, and I think it's a great a place that most films strive to achieve, but not many of them do it. So No, absolutely. It pulls off some double backflips and triple backflips. Some, yeah, yeah. some home runs. And that's this it. movie really does. It does stuff that just nothing else does. Yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, so there's that bit, but importantly, and as I say, what we always like to do in Let's Talk Horror is once we get, you know, the, uh, you know, about the film and, and and what happens and little bits about it, I just, I really like to talk about how we feel about the film. Normally it's me, but I get to speak to somebody else about it, which is nice. So how do, how do we feel about The Lost Boys? I mean, you go first, Chris, go on. It's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't given you any clues. So yeah, yeah. So it's definitely, it's my favorite horror movie. I don't, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like my favorite movie of all time is Jaws. And I understand that's a horror movie. But if you're just getting really specific about the genre, like it's my favorite horror movie. Uh, I think it's just, I mean, I've said so much about it in while you were trying to, you were earnestly trying to explain the plot while I just kept interrupting it. <laughs> um, I just think, yeah, as a, you know, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter and I think the script is just about other than the kid flawless, like the journey of the characters, the, um, the way that you don't like, yeah, I don't know. The mark of a good script to me is when you don't feel the, tropes and the cliches uh they're yeah. always going to be there you tell a story that's worth paying attention to those cliches and tropes will be there that's just the way it is it's like getting mad when someone tells a joke that isn't like you know blah 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 expectations subversion of expectation you know like to, to get to the other side uh you can you can complain about um the rigidity of uh conventions and formulas and stuff but the, the matter of it is it's, it doesn't mean anything it, the trick of a good story is to make you not notice those things yeah and lost boys is so good at that like you're walking through the a standard hero's journey and you have like but it's divvying up like uh michael is the uh the protagonist but um uh, Sam is like the hero because he drives the story. Um, you don't have like the hero and the protagonist is the same character. 
uh, and you just have like every beat is just so perfect. We're like, and it, and, it, and it holds some surprises if you haven't seen it yet, which is it's an extra trick, some gunslinging. And I sort of like, in terms of like screenwriting, yeah, the gunslinging here is big, you know? And it's like I said earlier, that promise of the premise, the fun stuff, you're so in the sugar of the movie that you're not even, you're not, like I said, you're unaware of the fact that you're watching a standard story. And, yeah. and my favorite sort of thematic thing about it deep down in it is is i think the real fuel in the tank of the fuel in the tank of the action is like i said earlier it's the fact that you're in this incredibly harsh environment where where it's the murder cap murder capital of the world which it's because of the vampires i guess but you know you're showing all these like super dangerous people clearly there's not a lot of uh, strong parenting happening with some of the young people in, in santa carla and it's just a harsh environment it's just coming after you and we introduce these these really there's no other word for 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 michael and sam other than sweet yeah. and the, and and uh and diane weiss character is just is this these are our sweet loving people there's a lot of love in this family grandpa has you know i assume dad sucked that's why he's out of the picture uh and they got divorced he's just kind of sucked there's just a very sweet caring loving warm family and these boys are entering this age where they're deciding who they'll be and they are innocent people and you throw them in this mix of like well everyone here in this town decided what they're going to be and it's dangerous and that was the choice they made and now we're going to introduce the most extreme version of that and the sort of <laughs> character dynamics that play off of basically an abstraction of the choice to be dangerous versus you know the vulnerability of being a sweet nice loving person and and that gamble that you that everyone has to make in this world uh do you do you put up this armor of being dangerous and shitty or do you enjoy being a vulnerable nice person uh, and I think that character wise, emotion wise, that's, that's the fuel in the tank of the emotion of this movie, even if the sort of like action fun stuff is the just the danger and the peril and the like, and also just the cool fantasy shit about all the, your, your normal vampire stuff about what it, you know, that you can, yeah. you're, you're being that you're basically you're, you're, you know what, again, it's a it's playing off the themes of like, if you're a vampire, you're invulnerable. I mean, you're like yeah. infinite. You live forever, which is a ridiculous concept. Uh, you you can just kill anyone, fuck anyone up. You can other with the with with the exception of a couple of things, you are just are impervious to all things, and which is the great win of being a dangerous person. You know, I mean, that's what you get in exchange for not feeling anything. Is is that you're just bulletproof. Uh, and anyways, I think that's the thematic emotion at the heart of it, and that's what I think keeps me bought into it yeah uh it's the fun that i'm showing up for it's the fun of the movie yeah. that i showed up for as a kid and that is knocking it out of the fucking park too so i just think it's got it all i think that the any critic that is slagging this movie and giving it a 77 percent on rotten tomatoes is, is, a big is, fucking nerd. <laughs> is a big fucking idiot piece of shit but no i mean i go whatever you know everyone has their own path yeah. uh, it's just short it's just short-sighted i think you're being yeah. short-sighted with this movie and i understand that i have been thinking about this movie since I was seven. Uh, so I, therefore, if you focus on something long enough, you can focus on a rock and find, you know, the beauty and perfection in it. Uh, and I've probably done that with Lost Boys. And so I'm, I, I, I get if you are dismissive of this movie, I, this sounds like nonsense, maybe. Um, but I, I think people should pay more attention to this movie and not just pick, oh, that, oh, that silly movie with the people have hair. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there's a lot here.
yeah, honestly. Absolutely. And I think you are, I think you are sort of spot on with um in regards to I think it gets like forgotten about how how perfectly structured the story is and how they I mean this film is you know 100% a product of its generation um you know it it, it sort of encaptures the 80s of 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 the style of the 80s and everything that it's trying to sort of capture you know it does that perfectly yeah and I think um, even within that, I think it's a lucky spot to be in where that's true. But I don't think that it's like, I don't think it gets in the way of anything. No, like you, can, you can make fun of this movie if you want. You can make fun of their hair if you want to. Yeah. You can make fun of the 80s-ness of it if you would like to. But it doesn't get in the way of it. Like a lot no. of 80s movies, they're so 80s that it's it's a bit of a joke. And there's like a, uh, like if you weren't around for that shit uh, or you don't have an appreciation of it there's like a whatever a barrier of a barrier of entry for because it looks so silly um a lot of movies from the 80s are like that and yeah. i think that lost boys like I said you can accuse it of that if you want to but i think it's lucky enough that these styles are coming together where it's it's um it's it's before it's like sort of after hair metal was yeah. happening and it's it's while punk rock was still like kind of like the the bay area punk thing and the california punk thing hadn't quite overshadowed the sort of British punk thing and punk really still just meant dangerous. It didn't really mean anything else. And um, that's kind of a cool moment. Uh, and, and it's also, it's like people didn't, nothing was quite defined. So these guys are like kind of punk, but they're kind of hair metal yeah. and they're kind of Bon Jovi. And it's this, the late eighties like this intersection. Yeah. It was like right before that bubble was burst by Kurt Cobain it was in this place where it was all mixed up and no one quite knew what the hell anything was. Like when yeah. I was, it probably shortly around the time this movie came out, I was a punk rocker for Halloween, you know, in my like <laughs> Southern working class family was like, Oh, you, Oh, well, well, I guess my sister was probably introducing. I don't even know if my parents were aware of the word or not. Uh, but you know, it was just like the, my, my sister was like, Oh, you can be a punk rocker for Halloween. Cause we forgot <laughs> to get you a costume. And it was just like throwing whatever we had in the house at me. It was like, put makeup on. And it was like, okay, here's my, like, uh, here's my, whatever pink, uh, sort of fishnet looking thing draped on around <laughs> your neck. And it was like, Oh, that stuff's punk rock, you know? And it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, years later, there was a much more rigid definition around what was and was a punk rock to a Southern working class kid. Um, but anyways, in the late 80s, very much this wide open concept of like, this shit is wild and untamed and dangerous. And that's it. Yeah. And kind of interesting looking. And then this film, like sort of captures the essence of that perfectly. But um, but yeah, it's it's the um, you're right. It's the story and it's the foundations that the glam. Really... Sorry, I forgot to say glam is a big part. That, of it. They, they, that's yeah, yeah, glam stuff. Yeah, that's you're right. Um, but yeah, it's just such a a huge driving factor that everything in this film makes sense. Like there's a point for it to be there. And, you know, like you are saying that it doesn't matter how they dress or, or how they look or, or how like, you know, the script, you know, like, you know, death by stereo and stuff like that. And, and it is a very sort of like, um, you know, 80 sort of style, you know, of, of the way that they were like the things they would say and stuff like the Goonies and stuff. But but there's not a moment in this film where you think to yourself, that's like fucking like stupid. Like it doesn't like, like there's no reason for that to be there. There's yeah, no reason like said, for that person to look like this. There's no reason for this person to say like this, this film just uniquely does what it does on its yeah. own, but like in the perfect way. And I think yeah, as and I said, 
um, you do get forgetting about the story. Uh, I think a lot of people do forget about how well written this film is. Yeah, like I say, it's it's the eighties. If you want to laugh at it, you can't yeah. do the yeah. grease up sax man. That's one yeah, of the funniest exactly. fucking things that's ever happened. But like <laughs> yeah. it, but but this movie, not, it doesn't get in the way of it. You know, like there's definitely movies from the eighties that they're good movies if you can get past how much of a joke they look yeah. like. Yeah, uh, and I don't think Lost Boys has. It does not get in your way. You can very much absorb this movie and not just make fun of it. Yeah. And I came into, I mean, so you said, uh, what, you were seven, I think you said, when you watched it for the first time? Yeah, I would have been seven or eight. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I came into into a little bit later because I thought... Maybe a little older, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I came into this in my teens because I genuinely thought that I had seen The Lost Boys and then it was playing on TV and I started watching it and I was just like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen this. I think it was just like clips I had seen and I had convinced myself that I'd seen it and then I hadn't. But I remember the first time I'm watching it, I'm, I think I was about uh, 14, 15, something like that. And it was on TV. And the first time I watched it, I was like hooked because once again, it goes back to the whole, you know, th- those sort of old school 80s films where like the, the Goonies and stuff. And when you're such a fan of those sort of environment films where you've got you know the kids that are trying to overcome it and then you've got these super cool characters and then there's always a villain and then your perfectly structured story and and script um you know you just get drawn into this film um very much like a bloody blood-sucking vampire would draw you into the bed nice (laughs) you know um or or throw sex stairs everywhere um but (laughs) 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 but um it is you know, I remember watching it and I was like hooked from that point. And I was actually like really annoyed that I hadn't seen it before, bearing in mind, you know, my love of, of the films I had seen before it and, and with it being a horror. And I was such an, a fan of horror films from an early age, um, you know, way younger than that. I think, like, as I said, like, I think like, Alien was like one of the first sort of horror that I remember watching. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I was nice. like eight or nine. And and then from that point on, I had like an uncle who um, had like basically VHS tapes and pretty much all of them were like always horror. But they were the ones I would always choose. Yeah. Because the covers from horror films were always like the best. Like they always like just looked amazing and they would stand out to you. So I always chose those sort of ones. Um, nice. And that's how I got that's the, started on horror. The covers, um, man, the covers of those movies, that was just everything. That's it. So I, when I... um watched lost boys for the first time i was just like how the fuck have i never seen this before and uh but it, you know but then from that point onwards it was like always every single year halloween time comes 30 you know you get the 31 days of uh, of halloween 31 days oh, of yeah. horror and uh yeah and it's always on that list so i just yeah you're right i think this film is like a perfect depiction not only of the time but without making it a joke right and and it, and it, but it, it, yeah, it's just so perfect. You're it's so perfect of a film. You know, the cast is incredible. You know, the soundtrack's incredible. The look of the film is amazing. It, it, but it, I just every time I watch it, I'm like, Joel Schumacher must have literally known every inch of this film, of every second of what he was doing. Like, when I watch this film, I'm like, there's not many apart from like people like Spielberg who know fucking like everything about what they're doing. Um, like in this film i just feel like he just nailed everything that he was doing from uh like the script and making them say things that you would think is fucking doesn't make sense but in this film it it just works 
Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, this is definitely like his best film. Oh yeah, opinion. absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, you've got Falling Down, which is, you know, fantastic. Oh movie. wait. Wow. See, I forget about that. Yeah. I mean, Falling Down is fucking crazy. And I, I, I'm genuinely convinced one day I'm going to be Michael Douglas in that film. But yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> even my partner says that she's just like, you know, when we watch it, she's like, I'm pretty sure it's based on you. And I'm like, not yet, but um, you know, it's falling down is a great film, but yeah, you're this is this is Joel, you know, Joel Schumacher's like masterpiece, and I think you know, but it is a masterpiece in general as a film. Um, I think it's important to horror because once again, we are you know the horror as a genre, it it can be bogged down in being like so serious um, that it was nice in the eighties when we had that period in the eighties of horror where everything thought fuck it let's just have some fun and right yeah and that's... which is central to horror i mean yeah. i think it's you know it's funny like spielberg has said before i mean what is spielberg other than like fun popcorn cinema yeah. or whatever and, he, and like he said and many people observed like horror he's never well other than like you know uh poltergeist where he was taking the wheel um he's never really made straight up horror um but he there's horror in almost all of his movies yeah, are actually absolutely. pretty much absolutely uh, they're all of his movies have horror and it's 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 the fun of horror it's yeah. this, this you know i mean stephen king who is on the nose horror i mean it's just like it's still horror is fun you yeah. know i mean like it's you can make it serious but it's it for the principle it's just fucking fun yeah and i think lost boys for me is like the perfect example of it um right and yeah. being scared is having fun yeah absolutely and that that's why you know in movies anyway yeah 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 well some people are getting scared for for, for shits and giggles but uh they're weirdos <laughs> right yeah well i mean i meant like it's like you know it's scary to have cancer <laughs> that's not fun <laughs> that's not fun, that's not fun. Yeah. Um, that's not lost... the same thing as like a, sh- a jump scare <laughs> no, <laughs> no lost boys is fun and 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 that is that's the main thing so to take from it if if you you know people are listening and they haven't seen lost boys and you're listening to this and you should have already and if you haven't go and do it it you know make sure that you are fully openly open-minded about the fact it was made in 1987 it's very um you know as i said a product of its of its time um but not in a way that it makes it dated like so many other sort of old school horrors have done since uh, you know you watch some now and they are very dated this film doesn't feel dated uh for a second and it's just but it, you know just it's unique it's a unique film and it's so much fun yes clearly i mean i've i've, I've talked it pretty hard yeah that's it today that's it <laughs> yeah. um so yeah so that that is the lost boys that's everything you need to know you've got some super cool facts uh you've got uh google's absolutely amazing synopsis of the film and their mind just sort of shoved <laughs> in there you know just to give you a little bit more of a basis on it um but lost boys uh is it one of the greatest horror films of all time yes um structurally and script wise and everything is it perfect yes and does it have many flaws not really apart from a little boy who's supposed to be a werewolf looks more well supposed to be a vampire looks more like a werewolf and it does I, and i forget that they're in the film every single time I watch it. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. So does I'm everyone else. Like, it's it, yeah, like even every time he pops up, I still don't notice him. And then they do the milk carton bit. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, it's kid. Oh, yeah. There's the kid. Who the fuck are you? Like, what are you doing here? But yeah, <laughs> so that's it. So that's that. But um, 
obviously, uh, you know, one thing I want to talk about, and I said we would um, at the start, I want to know more about um, the show that you've created, Dead Meat Pete. Um, I haven't got you on here just to, you know, to talk about um, it because um, it's the right thing to do. I want you to talk about it because I genuinely love the show. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what Dead Meat Pete is. Um, it is also a podcast and uh, it is a uh, narrative uh, radio play style. Um, so like you're hearing basically an audio movie is the best way to describe it. It's like audio movie format. Um, the premise is that it is about background characters from horror movies that are dead meat, uh, like the donut cop at the beginning of Lost Boys, who <laughs> uh, are the, they, they discover that um, if they can escape getting killed in their movie and defeat the main villain, they'll, the movie will spit them out into another movie. Uh, and so it's basically just leapfrogging or whatever, lily pad jumping from horror movie to horror movie, killing the main monster there uh, to survive. And it's that's the whole premise. And so every, um, we're, it was conceived of obviously as like a series, like a live action series, uh, like Quantum Leap or something, where it's like every episode is leaping to another story. Um, but uh, I don't have millions of dollars. So I had to do it in audio form. And I also have to go to work. So I'm making it, uh, you know, on the weekends and in my free time. So the uh, episode, what would be an episode of a show is divvied up into what would basically be between commercial breaks, kind of, that's an episode of the podcast. So a season is an episode. So we are currently, we have two episodes left in season one, which, like I said, if this was on HBO, would basically be like an hour and a half pilot episode. Um, so if that sounds cool to you, check it out. It's very, all the stuff I said, I love about horror or whatever, like it's, it's horror. I want to like put um, scary, gory, awful things in it, but it's also very kind of whimsical and fun. Uh, the spirit of you wait till mom finds out buddy uh, is very much the spirit of dead meat Pete. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I genuinely do listen to the show. So obviously we've spoken obviously way before we've done this, this podcast. And um, you know, I've, I've, I've said to you how much I enjoy the show and I really do look forward to every episode. And obviously you've just dropped the fourth episode um, and I've listened to it already and I really enjoyed it. And it really involves the the uh, story even even more than what I thought it could. Um, nice. But it's just, you know, this thing, uh, you know, with Dead Me Pete, it's so nostalgic in a way because, um, you know, being a kid growing up in like, you know, the 80s and, and the early 90s and stuff that, you know, walking around with a Walkman, listening to everything that's audio and nothing being visual anyway. Um, there's something yeah. so nostalgic about, when you sit down and you put your headphones in and you start just sitting there and, you know, immerse yourself in this, into this different world. Um, and dead me Pete really genuinely does that perfectly. Um, and you, you. you know, you obviously completely understand, um, story structure and, and, and what works and what, you know, the understanding of, of, you know, not making, um, you know, things, stand out for no reason if you know what i mean um, pulling your pud yeah that's it and and dead me pete really does that it has everything for horror fans that they love in, in regards to the characters um and um you know the story and and so on and and you know the the audio element of of how it makes you think about it visually is there as a horror fan as well um, would you yeah, so I want to actually want to dig in right there. So yeah. that's one thing. You no, know, most there are a ton of the sort of audio movie format like blew up 
within the past year or two, I guess. Yeah. Um, there used to be like a couple. Uh, there, the, uh, four years ago, I think was a show Carrier, which was like the first one I ever heard. I know like Welcome to Night Vale, I guess, uh, was probably the first big thing to blow up like that. Now there is just, there's a sea of them already. Uh, by and large, they have the rules of radio play, which is uh, if it's visual, you've got to imply it in the dialogue. Um, whereas we, I was like, man, nah, I'm, that ain't going to work. Like, yeah. uh, we, we're just going to have a narrator. So ultimately, if you ever in the 1980s, we, they'd have, you could go buy like this little 45 that was Return of the Jedi. And it would like open with like, uh, you know, the expanse of space, a large spaceship comes into view. Da, da, da. And then it would cut to Luke Skywalker being like, I want to be a Jedi. Um, <laughs> And it would, the dialogue would all be actors and the sound effects would all be real sound effects. You'd hear all the music and all the layers of the sound effects. And just basically there was a visual that was important for you to know. You just had a narrator. Um, and then you don't have to have characters being like, boy, look at this vampire. He sure is mean looking. Yeah. Can you believe it? As you know, he was <laughs> made into a vampire 30 years ago. Like it, we just have a narrator and it's like, I, I hope that it works. I think that it works. Yeah. And it does. And it really helps sort of um, work with, the flow of each sort of episode and, and it tells you exactly what you need to know and then the rest of it is told through the story itself so um yeah if people out there obviously haven't listened to dead meat pete yet you need to and if you have already then obviously you're bloody brilliant but yeah if you if you, <laughs> nice. have, if you haven't you 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 need to because it's it, there's just something about um you know taking your way yourself away from this this world that we live in this such a visual world um that we live in uh you know and and the longer you know it goes on it will continue to be more so so it's nice to just sit there take your way self away from this visual universe we live in and take ourselves back to an audio journey uh, and that's exactly nice. what dead meat pete does um right so, and, yeah. that, and that's like that's like the format i mean like if you it's you know it's funny earlier you were talking about like vhs horror and the movie covers and that was what what dead meat pete ultimately is for me is it it would have began back then when i would walk into we had a, there was a place to, out here called pick a flick and now when i would walk into pick a flick or blockbuster or whatever and i would stare at that wall of horror movies yeah. and every single thing it was just mind-blowing the visuals yeah. and they, they they would invest more in the paintings for those covers than they did in the movie. Yeah. And it would draw you in. And as I got older, I would like rent those movies and by and large, it would never really deliver on the cover, but there was always this just sense that I think my introduction to the world of that movie began at that cover yeah. and it was just mind blowing. And it was like, pull me in. And just, there was some like, sort of like a need that I could never satisfy with yeah. those movies. Like the itch that seeing those wall of VHS movies when I was a kid, the itch that created, nothing scratched it, including renting those movies. Just nothing quite scratched it. Uh, and then flash forward to, uh, I'm a grown ass man watching Cabin in the Woods <laughs> and that final payoff of Cabin in the Woods where all these, they're ultimately analogs for, you know, Freddy Krueger doesn't come out and uh, Pinhead doesn't come out, but you oh, that's Hellraiser. I get it. You know, yeah. they're not using Hellraiser. It looks like Hellraiser. And that, that was where dead meat came from and it was like this thing that he's doing in cabin in the woods speaking of buffy the vampire slayer uh joss whedon the thing he's doing in cabin in the woods here this is what scratches that itch i've had since i was a kid and i think that created a seed that i it was probably a week after i watched cabin in the woods i had the initial idea for like what if you had a nobody like one of these teenagers from nightmare on elm street that walks off out of the set we've seen 
and walks out of town, what's out there? Uh, what keeps going? And then that was the idea. It's like, what's out there? Because that even ties back to, sorry, this is, I'll wrap it up here. As, as a child, I still, I'd be watching Tom and Jerry and they would like run out in the yard or something and there'd be a mountain on the horizon. And I, as a little kid, I would always like stop looking at Tom and Jerry and look at that mountain and be like, what the hell is that? There's a mountain? out there like what is on that mountain are there people on that mountain is someone fishing right now on that mountain uh you know is there like uh are there animals on that mountain Uh, what's over there and there was something about asking yourself which ultimately you know once 3d game like playstation and shit came along that was tapping into that more like what's out there because you know in tomb raider or whatever you could i'd always run to the end of the map and see where like they cut me off or whatever you know and they've (laughs) they've cheated on that but i've always been fascinated by the concept of like what's out there and so yeah dead meat pete is if hopefully we get to make it forever and keep going and hopefully someday it becomes a live action thing it's just exploring the worlds of horror movies uh, to their complete fullest extent with a couple of characters who are just kind of silly and fun guys and, that's and it, ladies man. eventually whatever no spoiler alert eventually yeah whatever the team will grow <laughs> no spoilers i don't want to know Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm spoiling it now. I'm sorry. Don't spoil Edit it for me because yeah. I, I I listened to it and uh, yeah, it's so okay. Jeez. <laughs> it's like yeah. Oh, it's it's like scream all over again with spoilers. Oh, no. no, it's Jeez. fine. It's fine. Um, I'm sorry, I said it. It's fine. Do you know what our um. Like most things, I end up my brain doesn't work my past like nine o'clock. So forget it. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> what happens when you get old. Um. But yeah, Dead Me Pete, obviously it's out now. It's out pretty much everywhere. Um, and the good thing is, is if you ever do, uh, a, you know, the visual side of it and ever do a show, you've got an English guy who can be in the background shouting Bobby Big Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Here he comes, it's Bobby Big Bollocks. Here he comes, old Bobby Big Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's it. So yeah, Dead Me Pete make sure you go and listen to it um, because um, it's amazing and I, I genuinely can't, can't praise it enough. Um, so uh, top work and, and that's pretty much it. We, we've, we've spoken about Lost Boys for a long time and I think by now everybody's probably understood that we absolutely despise this film and think it's the biggest part of shit that's ever been made. Um, seventy-seven <laughs> percent. Seventy-seven percent. Fuck that. I'll put it at like fifty. Not. No. This is like. This is. This is up there. Is like. I, I mean, let's talk horror so far. You know, the episodes um, have been about. Um, uh, you know, the first one was like an introduction. I always forget about the fucking in, uh, the the episodes I do. Um, but the first one was like about like the introduction to it. Second one was all about sort of like the decades of horror and stuff. This third one was like the psychological side, um, and then so on. And then you've got the ones about John Carpenter, and then we'll start getting into the ones about special effects, and then Evil Dead and Gremlins. So, but the running theme of this whole podcast is is me talking about. Uh, you know, and taking the time to to talk about films that mean something to me and that I love, not just picking one and then going, I'm going to talk about for that for an hour. Um, it, it has to be about films that mean something to me and mean something to so many of the horror fans and that I'm lucky enough to speak to around the world, like yourself. Um, Lost Boys is one of those films. So, um, you know, it deserves every every bit of respect that it gets from everyone. Absolutely. Obviously, I'm in agreement. Yeah. I really enjoy this. This 
thank you so much for having me on and that's it yeah i mean thank you so much for coming on the show you are our first ever guest um and i, I hopefully hopefully this will continue but we will we will see because um I'm so shit at all this technology stuff that we, we will figure it out along the way. Um, but Chris, thank you so much for coming on and uh, nothing but best of luck with everything that Dead Meat Pete brings out in the future because I can't wait. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you with everything that Let's Talk Horror is and deserves to have. Thank you so much. Right. You take care of yourself and I will speak to you soon. Same to you. All right. Bye. So there we have it. Thank you so much to uh, Chris obviously being on the show again make sure that you 100% go and check Dead Meat Pete out it is genuinely amazing I'm not just talking shit because I've got a guest on my show finally and I'm Bobby Big Bollocks <laughs> you know I, I genuinely love Dead Meat Pete and you need to go and make sure that you listen to it and support it because it means he can keep doing it like he said forever um and if you have continued to listen to this episode, um, I know it's been a bit longer. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit longer than, what, half an hour, an hour? Normally, I know. Um, but I hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, let me know what you think about having the guests on. I'm hoping it will be something that we do more of, maybe even the next episode. Um, when I say it like that... Um, like a question it's sort of like a question to myself um are we gonna have another guest maybe time will tell and when i say time will tell it means that i've got to be fucking quick thinking about it really so yeah um lastly really as i always do let's let's have a quick talk about social media wise um nothing really so much so what what's happened since the last podcast uh oh scream the new scream was released um yeah, obviously we've done a video review on our YouTube channel, so make sure you go and check that out, and please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Um, I hope you all enjoyed Scream. I'm not even going to tell you how I thought about it. Go and watch the video to find out. Did I like it? I don't know. Did I Did I hate it? I don't know. Well, I do know, but you don't, so go and watch the video. <laughs> I, I promise you it's worth it, probably. Um but yeah, you know, new screams out. We've got loads of new things happening, you know, in the world of horror. We've got a shitload more remakes and reboots, unfortunately, that are happening. Oh, don't, please don't fuck yourself again, horror. You know, we, we were doing so well with original content for a while. Um, let's just hope it doesn't fuck it all, you know, fuck it all up again. But um, yeah, you know, social media wise, Instagram is still happening. Updates every day. We're doing everything we can um to to provide you with with new content as well as top draw memes <laughs> quizzes and all that fucking shit um you know which is all right you know for little old me just doing it on my own um but the big thing now is that i was told to get a tiktok so i've got one um i don't know what to do on it I'm, i'll figure it out like i do with everything but make sure you go and follow us follow us on there as well so yeah instagram follow us tiktok follow us um and please 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 if you are enjoying the podcast and you want me to keep making them which i hope you do because i love making them you know i do then please make sure that you subscribe whether you it's apple Podcasts or spotify or anchor or any of your platforms make sure that you go and subscribe follow it and please leave a review 
and uh, hopefully they're nice reviews because then I'll get more people listening. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you stayed right till the end, you are amazing. And as I always say, the horror fans are the best fans in the world. So with that, all I can ask you to do is stay creepy.